I ended up with nomads. Okay. With the gele. Right. Outside the town because I wasn't in the list. So all of the uh, people that were in the list, especially the girls, were put in, in the village with the families and the teacher would go and visit them every day. And then there was me, the outliers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that came and he said, I want a, I want a teacher too. Huh. And they said, we have this one, take care. Uh, so that's how I ended up with the nomad, nomad. gele. Welcome to another episode of Innovation Somalia. I'm your host, I'm coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. I'm really excited. Today I have uh, somebody that I've known for the most of my life, or I should say somebody that known me the most of my life. All your life. <laughs> All my life. <laughs> uh, my sister, uh, Shamso Bashir Ali. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, Shamsa is a, a teacher and as well as the uh, director of uh, Islamic School uh, Avicina here in Columbus, Ohio. Tell us a little bit about the school. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, thank you for having me. This thank is going to be an interesting thing. I never gave an interview <laughs> or anything else. Um, Avicina is an Islamic school. Um, planned and, and prepared and dedicated to the building of the black children, Muslim children specifically. Okay. Okay. And uh, to, I have been in the education system for close to 30 years. Okay. And in that process, I have seen deterioration. And, and all of the um, issues that black children have in the system, whether mm -hmm. it's in a private set setting or in a public setting. And I always felt that there's something better we can do better for the kids. And then um, uh, something happened that pushed me in a, in a place where I would start the school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And five years ago, I jumped in and that's what we did. Okay. So the vision of the school is to safeguard the dignity of the child, period. Mm -hmm. To build uh, a person that is comfortable in their skin mm -hmm. and comfortable in the knowledge of their deen mm -hmm. and um, able to compete with their peers. Because subhanAllah, especially our Somali kids, they are fearless. When you teach them right, mm -hmm. they go to the top. <laughs> that, that, that's the beautiful thing about it, them. It is huh? true, it is true, it is true. Um, it is true. But subhanAllah, they, those that succeed, most of them succeed against all odds. They don't have parental support, much of them, and definitely they don't have support from the school. Um, so I always felt very um, grateful when I see one of my students succeed in a way against all the odds that was you against You were that. in the public um, schools, right? Yes. Before we, way, way before you started. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the Islamic school now, um, tell us a little bit like how, how you guys prepped. So from what age um, did you take into what age does it stop? And how is that interaction going with the kids and in and, and terms of like their preps and, okay. and things like that? So um, I, I'm a high school teacher. Okay. And I wanted to have an Islamic high school. Okay. But I didn't want to start from 15 years old, you mm -hmm. know, like from ninth grade. Yeah. But then they, they already, they already are, they <laughs> developed. So I wanted to start them young and, and grow them like carrots, you know, in my gotcha. own garden. Gotcha. So um, 
I believe that kids are sponges and they have specific time frames in their mind that they can absorb a lot. Tell us a little bit about that, okay. specifically the age group. Yes. Uh, when, like, when is that critical in terms of from, from point A to cancel? Yes. You know, the sponge is full already. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, I, I am very much interested in research of the brain and how it works and mm -hmm. how specifically it learns. Um, I am a psychologist by uh, profession as well as, as degree. Okay. Uh, I just happened to be a teacher. <laughs> uh, but I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't purposely set out. I purposely set out to research and to understand how the human body works. Okay. Uh, so uh, going back to the children, from zero to three years old, especially in year three, mm -hmm. is when their brain produces the most connections. Year three as of age or year three as an experience? As year three as age. Okay. So they have billions mm -hmm. of synopsis. That's uh, the things that connect the brain. Mm -hmm. And if those synopsis are connected and make the groove, then that that child is set. So I always tell parents, you know, read to your kid and read to your kid in so many different languages mm -hmm. because you just need to start that, that route for that language. Later on, when they want to pick up Chinese in high school, mm -hmm. it will be easier because they got it when they have that, that, that bank set up already in their brain. But most people think that I'm just talking. And no, because I'm <laughs> thinking you're just talking when I don't say that, I'll tell you. <laughs> so it is, it is an amazing thing that happens in the three-year-old brain. But then they start losing it right immediately right. That, if you don't that's use what I'm it. Trying to, ah. like, I, I, how many people remember three years old? Yes, they, 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 you know yeah, when you were three, it's really it's really hard to keep those memories. Yes, but what I'm saying is that uh, what keeps them those memories or those pre 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 education stick? Yes, uh, practice. Okay. Yeah. So you just practice. You start something and you keep going. It doesn't have to be every day. It can be once a month. Mm -hmm. It can be once a year. It can be not once a year. Once a month. Once a week. Once a day. Mm -hmm. But practice makes it perfect. Right. Um, you know, I we start our kids in kindergarten uh, to uh, read in two languages, Arabic and English. Mm -hmm. We teach them the alphabet, and then we ask parents to pick up where we left off, which is practicing at home. Just read to them 20 minutes. Just read through this book 20 mm -hmm. minutes. And if the parent really follows what we say, wallahi, that child is amazing. And and they think that the child is genius. It's not genius. <laughs> Every child has that right. cap uh, right. capacity and, and to do, but you just have to develop. But most parents think that parenting is just uh, feeding and clothing the child. <laughs> and that's their work. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, the, the, that can go different directions <laughs> yes, all, 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 places, all places. But, but uh, let's stick with the indication side of it. Yes. Um, and, and so what age is shuts down? Because the reason I'm asking is that um, there's an old saying, or maybe I heard from somewhere that, um, show me a seven-year-old kid, then I'll show you what their future will look like. That means that, you know, based on from zero to all the way to seven, what they have absorbed, what they have, you know, um, kept in, in terms of, like, whether that's education, whether that's an experience, whether that is just life lessons that they go through, that, you know, then that kind of shapes them and forms for the rest of their life. You know, is that true? Or? Um, I, I think the tarbiyah of Rasulullah has three aspects, three okay. groups. So, okay. so 0 to 7 and 7 to 14 and mm -hmm. 14 on to adulthood. So 0 to 7 is when the, you are just uh, 0 to 7, 5, you, you are loving them. Mm -hmm. You're building their, their bonding, the emotional connection with you as a parent. 
and the trust. And then 7 to 14, you're training them. Mm. Yeah, you become a soldier, and they become a soldier, and you become the general. You know, but they already know that you love them, so right. they will never feel that what you're doing or saying or making them do is bad for them. They will trust you because you built that in the mm. beginning. And then 14 to, I think, on, the, the biggest issue is with you because then you'll have to keep your mouth closed. Yeah. You have to trust them yeah. this time. Yeah. And yeah. then you yeah. have to let them practice yeah. the theories that you have been teaching them. So those are the three components of Islamic tarbiyah. Okay. Uh, but but that's, that's what we kind of like align our, our things to them. Uh, so we put most of our efforts in zero to, no, no, from five years old to probably when they are nine or ten. Mm -hmm. And then we teach a lot of information in that time. And we also, so, the math, science, uh, Quran, uh, Arabic, and, uh, you know, all of the, the, right. the skills that okay. they need. We also teach life skills like time management, mm -hmm. like um, managing your understanding of how you learn. Mm -hmm. uh, we make them partners in our learning. Like we have meetings in the morning as to what it is that you want to do because um, after all these years, I learned that, especially with me, that um, education is powered by interest. Mm -hmm. You know, I, w I was wondering, I, I was looking at you set up this thing, and I mm -hmm. said, hmm, how do you learn this? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you, are, you learn because you're interested yes, in it. Yes, that's yes, right. that's right. yes. yes I was You would go yeah. and find yeah. all yeah. of these things, yeah. and you yeah. put them together. Yeah. That's yeah. what education is. Kids will never learn what they're not interested in. Mm -hmm. So we, that's why we make them partners. So what do you want to do? How you want to do it? We do a lot of projects. We do a lot of thinking. Um, and, and, and just building their identity as a Muslim so that when they go out there, they are comfortable. So what are the skills to teach? Because obviously they have to learn things that they're not interested in. Yeah. So what are the skills that, as a teacher, that will say, okay, hey, you know, um, that will help you help them learn? Yes. So we don't believe that they have to learn what they're not interested in. Okay. Because they don't learn. It's really hard for them to learn the Quran. <laughs> no, actually, it, it, it depends on who's teaching it and okay. the connection that they have. Okay. As, as teachers, we always uh, train our teachers to build relationships first. Because if the child does not care about you, you can stand there for yeah. 10 years, they That's will true. not learn from That's you. True. So it, it depends on who's teaching. So when, when our teachers come in with kindness and love in their heart and the intention of do good mm -hmm. with you, the kids respond to that. And our setup is not a, like a traditional setup. Our classrooms are very small, like second grade, we have two kids this mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. and, and fourth grade. So we are uh, individualized attention to each child, and each child's strength is uh, built on. And then we, we work on their little areas of concern to, to a place where they are comfortable building themselves. One of the main things we do is giving them the power to unlock their own potential. Mm -hmm. So if a child is interested in computers and they want to be online all the time, we, we, we don't say no to them. We give them work to do online. Okay. So they, they will go on dig things in there, right. and then so he or she will be in the group because they work in groups. He or she will be the person that do, does the research okay. and collects all the information <laughs> and does the thing. And brings it to you. <laughs> you know? So that, that's what the, what's the thing is. Okay. And, and we don't tell them, sit down, be quiet. It's like, just remember that you are in a room with other people and there are spaces for everybody, so be respectful. Yeah. And we co connect everything with Islam.
Okay. You know, like this is a shared space with, with Islam say. So you don't have to be loud and you know, you're excited, but remember the other group is also working. Yes, okay. So they, they kind of like measure uh, their own um, the ups and downs. Okay. The teacher is just a facilitator in the classroom. It's, it's very important uh, to il- align uh, what the kids are interested yeah. in to things of what's up. It's not only that. If you teach a child the responsibility of his work, mm-hmm. he will make himself do things he doesn't want to yeah. do. Yeah. For example, I was uh, giving you an example of the kid that's interested to work with the technology. Mm-hmm. He also has to do the typing or the writing of the paper. Mm. Now he's not necessarily interested in, right. in writing, right. the way he is but he has to because he, right. this is his product. Yeah. So we need we teach them. Okay, since you are bringing something out into the public, be something that you are proud of. And at, as young as third grade, they have to do projects. Mm. Yeah, they have to. Uh, yeah, 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 as young yeah, as yeah. third grade, they have yeah. to pe- do, uh, present papers. Yeah. As young as that, they have to do research. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, that I have true. I have siblings in my school. Uh-huh. One is coming into third grade this year, and one is going into fourth grade. Uh-huh. So I gave them um, all of my students get homework for the summer. Yeah, summer packages. So yeah. uh, not summer packages, yeah. homework for they have to do projects <laughs> and read books. Okay, okay. <laughs> so the younger kid uh, did something messed up, and his older kid he said, "Oh, I don't think Mishams will accept this." And I said, what? It's finished. I did everything she said. I said, listen, I don't think some will accept it because this is not your best. How do you know? I know how much time you spent in. They're talking to each other. <laughs> I'm not interested. Even yeah. The parent calls me yeah. and tells me, you know, my older teacher is teaching. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I just give them responsibility for themselves and right. I trust them yeah. that they know themselves better than I do. Yeah. And, and then you need to move yourself. I will show you what you don't know. But you have to show me your best. And I trust you, you have in there. And I always tell Allah created you to be the best. And there is I in the Quran that says, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. So I said, yes, Allah has trust in you, trust yourself and show us. Yeah. yeah so yeah. That, that's how we connected the deen to their everyday work and to okay. their life skills. Okay. So okay. That's what we do. Well, uh, it looks like it's an exciting place to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the kids, <laughs> that is. <laughs> I have kids telling can we come back tonight? Do we have to go home now? <laughs> So uh, it's Monday through Friday uh, from um, the regular school hours, like yes. 7 o'clock to 3 p.m. or 8 o'clock to 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, okay. And, um, and, 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 and uh, no, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. So now what, pre- what prep you to do this, this language school, um, in, in, in a little bit has something to do with, you know, what you have seen how others get treated when you were in the public sector, right? Yes, yes. Uh, in the public school. So um, let's talk about a little bit of that. Um, and I know you have um, taught a lot of uh, Somali kids. Uh, yes. Some of them actually kind of sort of graduated. Oh, and some yeah, of them yeah. I know that, you know, they tell me that, hey, your sister was a good teacher to me. Is it kind of sort of helped me and, and, and that? Um, let's talk about that. Was it only in high school? Was it in middle um, school? I started like, what was in it? middle school. I was okay. a sixth through eighth grade teacher okay. in a private school, Islamic school, okay. for 10 years. Okay. And uh, I taught language arts. Okay. Language arts, reading and writing, you mm-hmm. know, like analyzing what you read, understanding why the writer is mm-hmm. writing what he's writing, and then uh, ability to put your words into paper. Mm-hmm. And writing is a skill that they don't teach very often in the public schools. In the private schools they do, but in the public schools they don't teach very much. And it's a very essential skill. 
I've had kids telling me, I don't need to learn how to ride. I'll be a truck driver. I said, you know, you'll be riding reports on your load. Yeah, on your load. That's right. That's you right. have to do this <laughs> So I always had to come back to whatever they told me. <laughs> so how do you know these things? Which I'm so anyway, um, I, I always focused on teaching them to the best of what they can do mm. and, and performing uh, at the level that is higher than what anybody expects. And I tell them, don't worry about winning. Worry about how are you doing the process? Mm. How are you going through the thing? And then we used to um, uh, go into just to, to check where we are according to the other, because we were in a situation, in a suburban environment, uh, at our, the school I used to work at, just to check where we are with the other students, we would go to competitions with them. Writing competitions, academic competitions. Internally within the school or outside no, the school? No, outside the school okay. with other districts. Okay. With Upper Arlington, with Hilliard, with Dublin, and okay. all of these things. Okay. And it would be writing. And that was like a facilitated. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a program called Power of the Pen. Gotcha. And it's an interstate. So it's like the schools go and then districts go and then you go to the state level. Oh. And then 90% of the time we were the only hijabis, the only black people <laughs> in the system. And some of my students went all the way to high, to the state. Oh, wow. They, they won, you know, things. And, and, wow. and, uh, it was, and, and I didn't do it so that we can win. I did it so that I can show them that they are at the level. Right, right, that they can compete. And they have a potential. Yes, they far. can do this. It's for my students, and Subhanallah, um, you know, they go to Ohio State and they get to the best classes and they get, to, you know, a lot of accolades. Mashallah, Mashallah, Alhamdulillah. And um, and, and let's talk about the 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 downside of 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 what you have seen in terms of like if the system was. Uh, good to the um, to our community in a sense of that there are some people that were not you know coming up or not meeting to the potential that you know that is kind of sort of expected um, and, 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 and talk to us about that what can be done to the school wise per se in, in a way that um, um, how do I say in a way that um, the right resource is available to them outside the school yeah um, the resources available outside the school are just there they they need information to know where to look you know in America they say information is power absolutely and and nobody gives it to you yeah. So if the kids know that I can go to the library and ask for this, 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 then the kids knows the kid knows how to do his uh, thing. But then going back to the school uh, classroom, um, the biggest problems that I have encountered were where the kids were being taught by people that didn't understand didn't understand their culture, didn't understand their way of thinking, mm. their background, any of these things. So and and they just read their action and they assumed it was negative. So the kids were being criminalized by natural actions. A kid will run in the hallway, oh, he's been writing, you know, written up. Why? Because he's black. Why? Because he's up to no good. Obviously, he's running from, you know. <laughs> it's always like that. How do you know this kid, you know, was planning to do this? And, and you would see the other kids being given uh, breaks mm -hmm. and leeways. And, oh, no, no, he was just running because he needed to go to the bathroom fast. Well, the black kid was doing the same thing. <laughs> but yet, this one is still in the principal's <laughs> office. <laughs> so I always, um, uh, 
stood up for 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 that and then called out the, my colleagues on it. it okay. Like, was it your bias that you were doing that yeah. for, or how are you going to? And some of them will get upset with you, and some of them will actually think that this is an insightful information you're giving them, and they will follow. In high school, was when things were very flagrant, because I was the only non. Uh, a speaker of the language teaching, language arts. Okay. So the, the assumption always was that white teachers will come up to me and think that I'm the ESL teacher. <laughs> <laughs> because that is, um, you know, language arts is a very high level uh, class and mm -hmm. it's like uh, where most of the uh, standards are being checked and most of the schools are being graded. It's reading and math. Okay. So I was teaching reading and writing. Okay. So I was uh, the only other teacher that was the same was the math teacher who were being scrutinized. Mm -hmm. They always assumed that I was not. I was just the uh, assistant teacher or whatever. <laughs> I never corrected anybody. <laughs> I just said, okay, whatever floats your boat. Is right with you. <laughs> but my, I, I told my students to advocate for themselves. Uh -huh to teach them to be polite, but when somebody's doing something to you, make sure you understand and talk to your parents, talk, talk to your elders, and, and talk to, in a polite way, to mm -hmm. the principal or the teacher. Mm -hmm. don't, don't take things, or don't retaliate. Like for example, and I used to tell my colleagues, if, um, if you do something to them, there are 25 of them in the class. Yeah. So it will be 25 against you. Yeah. So you will always lose. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So always, you know, it's best to be kind and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and loving yeah. to the kids. Yeah. So now, how long did you thought that? What? In, 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 in those, that school? Uh, I taught 10 years okay. in uh, uh, Islamic school, private. Okay. And then five years in the, the public, public okay. uh, high school. Okay. And then I was the principal of the Islamic mm -hmm. school I used to teach. Okay. And then now five years with uh, the five uh, years you know, with this. The other okay. How do you summarize the word education? Um, this, the, the way diaspora views it versus the way the actual people that live, you know, in Somalia view it. Well, I don't know nothing about either. Okay. I don't know what the diaspora sees as education. Okay. And I don't know what um, what Somalis uh, in Somali see as education. What I know. What is, your perception? Uh, what I know is what I know. Okay. Um, my family, my mother, my grandmother, my whole family was focused on education. Mm. And to us, education was self-improvement. Mm. Anything that makes today be tomorrow better than today for you. That's education. Whether it's uh, skills you learn with your hands or knowledge in your head. I remember my grandmother used to always say to me, focus on building your mind. Um, she would say that your strength will leave you when you get old. If you think you're beautiful, your beauty will leave you. But what never leaves you is what you put in your head. She always said that. She always. Oh, not one time, twice, all the time. <laughs> okay. And then anybody who comes to our house from the rural area, yeah. because we lived next to a, a market of a uh, um, livestock market, <laughs> she will tell them, what are you doing? You want to go to school? You can stay here. <laughs> we'll feed you and shelter you, uh, go to school. Uh, and a lot of people stayed that. That, and they became something. So she was always pushing people towards okay. education. Alhamdulillah, all of her children were educated. Okay, mashallah. Mashallah. And then my mom continued into that thing. She always made us comfortable mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in wanting to pursue our education. So from the perspective of education, in my mind, is like uh, Rasulullah said, so from the cradle to the grave. Uh -huh. From the... Any, just 
<laughs> like when I sit at home in the summer, I say, okay, what shall I learn? Let me go find some of the classes and do so I'll take painting or I'll take this. That I something that just improves my mind. So I'm continually learning something. Okay. And the way I process my learning is I teach. So that's why I never thought of being a teacher. I never thought of going to school to be a teacher. Because that's how I naturally am. I remember coming back from school and following our maids at home <laughs> to teach them what I learned. <laughs> and they used to hide from me. <laughs> so I volunteered all my life um, teaching. I remember in high school I was uh, teaching the elderly in the afternoon after school. Okay. And then in, in America when I came, uh, when I, I didn't work while I was raising my children. I um, volunteered in, in training how to teach Okay. Um, ESL, okay. all of these things. So I've always been a teacher. Okay. So that's why I, I, I would do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's the joy, right? The reason I asked about education, um, and, and there's a debate that um, the degree in college now uh, is worthless. Um, you know, a lot of people realizing, okay, that's four years of like ranking up a debt um, to contribute to. Uh, the cycle of society that just, you know, hey, college, marriage, house, start over again. Yeah. Um, uh, and and uh, a lot of people pay off that debt until the rest of their lives, right? So um, is education, um, is really, uh, in other words, is really, worth, is really worth it going to college? Oh, I think that's a very controversial topic in, <laughs> in our family. Uh, my thoughts are very radical okay. in, in, in one sense, so I might not even, because that will mess your audience up. No, 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 we're sharing an opinion here. We're not, we're not, we're not stamping on law or anything, right? <laughs> this is just an opinion. Yeah. No, because it's, um, and, 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 and a lot of people, or um, when I say a lot of people, I'm talking about uh, more, more the American side of it, right? Because as an immigrant, as a black immigrant, you will, no matter what, you will face that challenge in whether you go to corporate America or whether you went in high tech with an you know, entrepreneurial way without the degree, right? As with the degree as itself, you will face a challenge, let alone being without a degree, then there's, you know, on top of that. Um, so but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like a business administration type of thing. Uh, I mean, if you... Uh, the, the the debate is that if you're doing like a medical, yes, you need to have you need to go get those skills, right? Mm -hmm. But then you ask yourself, like back in the day, how did those people? <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's a challenge. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think skills versus theory. I think um, I I will always go with the skills. Okay. I will always go in America. They don't pay too much attention to the skills. They call it um, vocational school okay. versus the four years that the regular schools are. But I think the kids that go towards vocational school learn better, mm. learn more. For example, the nursing people that learn hands-on stuff, yeah. they can get a job right away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or the mechanics or, the, you know, whatever person that goes into these vocational schools mm. is better off than the kids that go into uh, college track. Because every year there's a new term in education that talks about bridging the gap 
between poor children and rich children. Never happened. And every year, why is there a new, why didn't we fix it last year? Since we came with the time. Because we didn't want to but we didn't want to So that's what it is. Kids, I, you know, I would like to see if I were in charge of the education system, especially the K-12 education system in America, um, something, because every kid, every child has a potential to do something. Amazing thing. Not just something, but amazing thing. It's our job as instructors, as teachers, as facilitators to turn that light on for that kid. Um, but if we are so busy being biased or being racist or being some, we lose completely the big picture. And we ultimately harm ourselves because the children you're raising in the suburbs will interact with the children that being raised in the urban area, whether negatively or positively. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah. So uh, I think there's a big, big thing that needs to be overhauled. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's a, um, a wheel that's turning when you look at the whole education system, whether that is for the good or for 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 something else is yet to be seen. But for it's definitely sure. turning. For sure. Definitely uh, turning. Uh, we have our wheels set in our school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our school is different. We're going to send that. It's good to go. Our school is like uh, you know. We, I tell them about fourth grade. You are in middle school. There's no playing. <laughs> that is good. That's good. And um, and 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 I I've heard this before. You say it. And I've heard it from other people. But you were part of the Olola time. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us some interesting stories. Uh, how, how did it get started? Uh, was it the government? Obviously, it was the government yes, doing it. Yes. Yeah. But how did you? Was it? Were you forced to do it? Were you? Yeah. you know, oh, no, no. A little I bit actually, enjoyment. But uh, how, how did that all that happen? Yeah. I thought. Okay. I think differently than okay. most people. Okay. Uh, so I thought that was a genius thing. <laughs> I was 12 okay. at the time, and I wasn't allowed to be part. You had to be 13. Okay. So I snuck myself in. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> I jumped into the thing, and I, they took me to this village, and they uh, found out I wasn't in the list. They just put me in the list. <laughs> so that's how I ended up in there. But I ended up with nomads. Okay. With the gilly. Right. Outside the town, because I wasn't in the list. So all of the uh, people that were in the list, especially the girls, were put in, in the village with the families, and the teacher would go and visit them every day. And then there was me, the outliers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that came, and he said, I want I wanna a teacher too. Huh. And they said, we have this one, take huh. care. <laughs> so that's how I ended up with the nomad, nomad. gilly. Wow. And then um, we... Our station was Jazeera, the okay, town. Okay. Uh, There's a town called Jazeera? Ha. Where was that? It, outside of Hamar. Jazeera, the, uh, the beach? And I just, okay. No, there's a town called Jazeera. Okay, okay. Ha. It's a little island. Never heard of that. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 But there was lakes for uh, for okay. salt. Okay. So this guy came and then he was out there cruelly active. Okay. But they came from there originally, but they were in the area. So we walked, I remember, for a day okay. to go to his camp. <laughs> I have never walked that much in my life. So I'm, I'm walking these people and they say, what is Guri out? 
Oh, get guess get nothing. Guess Finally, the tenth gate of East Hanek, bring your house here, because I'm not going anywhere else. Anyway, I spend my one. I think it built my character. Okay. Because I always tell myself, if I survive that, I will survive anything. Okay. That's how I came to America, not knowing English. Okay. What about you? But it was good. I I learned a lot about Somali culture, especially nomad culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot about hard work because I came from a house all of a sudden I have to go walk five miles to carry three things of war in my back right. because you know I'm the only girl in there <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I, I, I learned a lot about interacting and, and creating relationship with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a very young age, 12, 13, it was an amazing year. And I really grew up a lot uh, when, when it came to that because I had to survive and trust my own instincts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said the house was all boys and so when I came in there I became a daughter to him mm-hmm. and then <laughs> but it was it was very nice so what did you actually teach them like actually I taught them the alphabet of uh-huh. Somali uh-huh. and I taught them how to read uh-huh. so sometimes they will take when we are close to any city uh-huh. they will sell to the market of the city, Anagil. Okay. And then they'll buy the newspaper. Okay. Hedik to October, the newspaper of Samarakorn. And they'll sit under the tree and read it. And read it, <laughs> And I, you know, I, I taught them how, because the only thing I knew was a, a cursive. Okay. So how to write in cursive on okay. So the, the, our plan thing was, Yo, by the way, you only get one meal a day. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, you, when you eat that, the elderly will, will sit by the fire, the young people, and uh, they are party goers or to all the real sukin or tudmujiri. So Horial uh, Kavana will take up out of the area, the camp area, <laughs> and then the Valashida and they'll start dancing. <laughs> so before they dance I'll do my ash. I'll teach them all of these things and then they'll dance and they'll have different sounds for different girls and then uh, this girl comes through and can, I was like I, <laughs> I watched some amazing things I said, what is her father doesn't know <laughs> They were the most open, and then then I I used to pray, and they have never seen a woman pray. Okay. So Markan Salad to Kanawa Lisa Sufendiri, Alifidiri. Then she, they start calling me Haji. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, only have one person that knows the Quran in okay. the whole ten family. It's Lugurtu. Okay. And that one person, Hersigo Hera, Fatah, that Kufujur no Kriya, Halkas Kufala Sol. Nobody else <laughs> <laughs> knows that. <laughs> Nobody else knows. It was blowing their mind on me. Uh-huh. I knew how to pray Fatah, you know. <laughs> Interesting. So, so you yourself, um, I mean, you, when you were going to school, you were being taught in Italian language, right? Yes. So it wasn't Somali. So no. how do you pick the Somali? Uh, we at home we speak in Somali. Yeah, but like in terms of like the alphabets and you know how to how. Oh, we had a class. Spell. Oh, okay. In middle school. Okay. <coughs> sixth grade. When you come into sixth grade, they teach you as a foreign language. Oh, okay. Class of okay. Somali. 
Somali foreign language. Ah, uh, in Somali. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> in Somali. <laughs> we had two foreign languages. We wow. had Somali, okay. Arabic. Okay. Okay. And uh, okay. so we did, I like Somali because it's okay. it's it's a very okay. clear the the grammar of it is very cut and clear. I mean, there's not really that much of grammar if you think oh, about it. Oh, there is. Are you kidding there me? There is a lot. You I don't just, know what people I think. Mean, you just write it as, as you pronounce it. No, you know? <laughs> no. There's conjugation. There's uh, verbs. There are adjectives. All of these okay, things. Okay, uh -huh. okay, okay, okay. Interesting. Um, those people no longer exist. And if they exist, it might be like a little bit right now. I think, the the people that... Yeah, I, uh, no, nomad. nomad uh, I, I, yeah. I the know. idea exists, but yeah. you know, back in the day, the me people that used to kind of sort of hop on places well, uh, maybe I don't know but yeah. I, I know that I have some girls somewhere I bought the hala hala with my money <laughs> so I've been looking for it I don't know Mashallah, mashallah. So let's go back to your school. Um, any additional stuff you wanted to share in terms of um, the excitement that's going on what do you guys do for fun? I mean everything we do is fun okay. Like but sports activities, ha, we we don't have sports teams okay. yet okay. because the kids are still young. But we encourage the parents to enroll their kids in the community centers for okay. swimming, for tennis, for and we do that to okay. our children as well. Okay. Uh, but um, we have uh, every month we have a long-standing uh, contract with a farm, mm -hmm. and we take the kids there and they spend the whole day. For them to understand what a farm is, what animals are, where mm -hmm. fruits come from, mm -hmm. they they are taught about different types of seeds. They are taught about the, the, how the weather affects the the trees the and things like yeah. that, and all these things. And then they get to play, climb trees, and get to play in the mud and in the water and all these things. Okay. It's a nightmare for the parents. Yeah, but it is <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a the good place for them. Yeah, so that's what we have, and then um, we have two. Or it depends. Two or three uh, field trips okay. every month. Okay. Where we, do you guys go? We go to anywhere and everything. I okay. mean, what, for example, outside if, the state. In, uh, no, no, inside, okay. inside the city. Okay, inside the city. And okay. it usually is for one school, uh, okay. one day of the school. Okay. So, for example, if we are learning about economy, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the supply and demand, mm -hmm. we take the kindergarten to. Uh, um, grocery store okay and we definitely talk to the manager beforehand and we right. talk about this is what we are learning and this is what we want you to do and so when they agree they will set up a lesson for us gotcha. and they'll show us about these are products when they finish this week a lemon is selling a lot so the kids have an idea what is supply and what's Who's demand doing? and That's all right. of these things and, <laughs> ma and, and we call it math and every day okay so we do plus and minus on things and, they, and that's a, their project yeah, yeah. and sometimes they the kids set up their own uh, i mean store oh, in the class interesting to, because we, we don't teach math as numbers we teach math as concepts and and they you know how some kids in, when they grow up say why do i need to do this will i ever use it you will use it every day you will use it and this is how you use it so we start that in kindergarten so well, every day we then we take them to for example we train the kids to be imams from second grade okay so every nice. friday uh, they lead the, the the salah for the whole uh week okay. and every friday they make the khutbah oh okay yes the khutbah ah, friday Mashallah. and then so to practice that we show them we take them to any masjid right, right and right, then right. they can watch the yeah. the adab of of how the uh, khatib stands up how they sit and then 
and yeah. the following week is his turn. <laughs> and they love it, especially in second grade. The older boys, they have done that a lot. Mashallah. But the younger kids, when they start that year, it's so exciting yeah. to them. I took Elias uh, a couple of Fridays, was it like three Fridays ago? Man, <laughs> as soon as he got it, he just took off. Imam <laughs> Kaktagna. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me, let me go get him. But see, I like it. It was fun for him. It was, it yeah, was. Like all these people are like, they come the same thing. It was fun. So, yes, yeah, yes. Next time I hold him, I'm like, hey, we're sitting here, man, on the corner. Uh, I like we, we, if the kids want to go next to the Imam, we, because we set up everything beforehand. Mm. We talk to the, uh, the directors of the message. We yeah. talk to the imam. Say, you know, if somebody wants to sit next to you, can they? Yeah, yeah, you can let them. Yeah. So the kids will they sit next. So what do you hope um, the school to be? I hope this school to be the light of the community. Okay. Um, I hope them the the place where parents and children learn something okay. because we also have parenting classes like every we used to not not anymore because of corona but we would have uh, meetings where parents would come and interact and talk about their problems and it, if your problem somebody else already had a solution for it and that's where we network with the with the parents um and and i said the light because wallahi our children need a community our parents need a community because each parent is locked up in four walls and they think whatever they're facing, they're the only one facing. But that's not true. That's true. Um, so a place where they can congregate, they can feel comfortable, they can be themselves, uh, eat their food, you know, uh, um, dress the way they should be dressing and, and without any judgment, without okay. any, any, any okay. feeling of, oh, I need to change my way mm -hmm. to fit in. Gotcha. You already fit in, you love this, your village, welcome. Okay. So, inshallah, I'm always looking for good teachers that uh, okay. understand the culture, understand the, the community, mm -hmm. are part of the community. Because, you know, before, I think the worst thing that happened to the African-American child in terms of education, and this is my opinion, is desegregation. Desegregation, we see pictures of kids, uh, that girl, that were escorted by army mm -hmm. to, to go into a class. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's her ha. name? I forgot her name. Ha. Yeah, yeah. Well, she and, was, and then yeah. uh, the teacher hates her, everybody around her. How is that child learning? Yeah. yeah. It's completely shut yeah. down. He, his brain is in fear, is in flight or fight yeah. mode. Yeah. Yeah. No learning. Yeah. But when they were their own schools, taught by their own uh, um, teachers, people that loved and cared for them, their spirits were high. Yeah. Thurgood Marshall was taught by a segregated school mm. and look what he achieved and they were all like that so i think um and he was the first black man to be in the supreme, in the, in the supreme court, right? court. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, i always feel like uh, i think black children need black teachers simply because only a black person can understand another black person's plight yeah and and open up their ways in a way that no other teacher can do. Now, I'm not saying that it's impossible. Yeah. There are a lot of good white teachers out there that are kind and, and you know, compassionate. But uh, a person of your, you feel more comfortable. There's right, a right. different vibe A person vibe of your kind, a person ha, of your ha, own. Ha, yeah, there's, there's a more there's relation to that yes, and stuff yes, like that. Yes. But there's all, and, and yeah, it's, um, I totally agree with you. Um, there was, um, 
And um, I was watching a clip of Denzel Washington uh, being interviewed. Um, some question, I can't remember what the question was, but the question um, in, 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 in short, short description of it, what it was, um, um, he said the movie of uh, Godfather was directed by, I can't remember the name, but Italian guy. Mm. Scorsese. The, uh, Scorsese. Mm. Yeah, Scorsese, thank you. And the movie, Schindler's List was directed by Steven Spielberg, who is a Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, I directed this movie um, because I would understand, or somebody black would understand, what it feels like when a hot comb catches on your neck on a Sunday morning. Yes. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Only persons live through it. Yeah, persons live through it. Yeah, can yes, understand yes, it. Yes, yes. So Steven Spielberg was Jewish. Yes, I can understand yes, that culture. Yes, yes. Scorsese was Italian. Yeah, I can understand uh-huh. the Italian mob. So uh, I'm only saying that is because to relate to your point, which is that your own will help you. Yes, in a better way. In a better way. Uh, if more you nuanced, learn it. Yeah. more detailed right, right. way that yeah. an, another yeah, person yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I agree with you. Um, so in, in uh, eventually and hopefully in the coming years, maybe I don't know, five, ten years, or give it, give it a scheme of that time. But uh, hopefully, we'll be at a high school level. Inshallah. Uh, inshallah. inshallah. If, if I'm still here, I'm planning to go back home. <laughs> inshallah. <somebody>. Inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. We're all going there. Yes. Um, and let's conclude this on mental health. What does mental health mean to you, uh, or how would you describe it in mental health? And what does the community think? Uh, that we should do about it? I, I think um, we have to be compassionate. I think we have to be loving and kind towards everybody, number one. And more so towards the people that are having issues. Um, I think mental health is, uh, it stems, it's not necessarily Allahu alam, but it stems from an unfulfilled emotional need that a child has from a young age, whether it's lack of security or lack of trust or lack of understanding of his own parents. I think the job of a parent is to show this kid that they are their oasis. This is, I am here to secure you. You will always feel safe with me. And when a parent uh, beats a child senseless or uh, says bad things all the time, like I've had parents in schools right in front of me saying, son, encar their kids. And the child doesn't know when he's a young age, like, you know, before school age. But as he grows, he understands these words are mean words. And then when he connects that to you as a parent, then there's no trust anymore. I don't know what you will do to me. So when I, I have noticed when a mother does this to her hand, the child does that because now I'm used to being hit by you for no reason. And any, anyway, there's a lot of things that come combine and then every human has a limit. And so when that child hit, uh, reaches that limit, then something gets broken. Mm. And when something gets broken, it's very hard to go back to the original. So yeah. mental health can be adjusted uh, early on. You have to pay attention to the emotional growth of the child. You have to, because that's how that, that you give them a uh, an asset to live his life better. Mm-hmm. When a kid is loved, Glasgow, Lafayette, Edwulie, 
when a kid is loved shakrisu kusabahaya when a kid is loved he talks to you gently but unugu o kwa haganaya or in the classroom that cannot sit you know that kid's not loved and he needs as a teacher right. more of yeah. your love yeah. 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 so uh, it's it's very very tough yeah yeah, yeah mental health it's a, it's a, a challenge in the way the community is serving you know um, kids are turning to gangs and and, uh-huh. and, 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 and that's what and it by is. the time you get to that level to gangs it's just a kind of sort of uh, it's a done deal there's yeah. nothing you can do uh, only may God be with you um, you know yes it's, it's, the, uh, the gang issue yeah. Is they get connections. Yeah. You know, they get somebody that yeah. respects them, somebody yeah. that loves yeah. them. Yeah. You know, something that they are not getting at home. Mm-hmm. A gang killing. Of course, I would want to work with you, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the person says, "Go shoot somebody." My brother told me to shoot you, so I'm going <laughs> to shoot you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, but parents <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I think I am who I am because of my grandmother. That's right. She loved me, and I was one of the craziest people. I had the, you know, I tell my crazy stories to my kids, and they love it. The things, the people I teach, I, say, I used to do this. I used to do that, and they love that because they always tell me that. My, their parents always tell them they were angels. They never did anything wrong. Sometimes you are the only adult that tells us that, that you were a menace when you were a kid. I was, but my grandmother loved me and she never made me feel ashamed or bad or anything else. She told me always I can do better. And I always try to do better. That's good. We'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.